Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. Well, Full Funnel Marketing, the catch cry for building awareness and consideration via brand investment at the top of the ubiquitous sales funnel, triggering a purchase or action at the bottom, has landed proper in the out-of-home sector. QMS is now full throttle with its revamped, greener, digitised City of Sydney street furniture network and is shaking up how out-of-home should be planned and bought. Interestingly, QMS has created 30 specific industry packs from finance to entertainment and packaged goods, which pulls in consumer data relevant to those sectors and distributes messages specific to geolocations across the City of Sydney network. Grocery buyers near supermarkets and finance professionals in business districts are examples. So despite the trials and tribulations of COVID, Sydney Central is back to 90% of its 2019 traffic. And advertiser demand for its street furniture screens is slipstreaming that trend. So on the mics today to talk innovation and the full funnel play is QMS General Manager for the City of Sydney, Gemma Enright, and Chief Customer Officer, Mark Fairhurst. Uh, welcome to you both. This should be interesting. Uh, Gemma, to you first, as we mentioned in the setup, Sydney is back to 90% of its pre-COVID people numbers. Now, I just want to know, is that the same composition as, as before as what we saw pre-COVID, i.e. workers in the offices, or is there something different going on? And welcome, Gemma. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. So yes, you're right. 90% of the audience of 2019 levels, we're talking audience reach when we talk those numbers. So that's a really important point to make. So we talk a lot in, in the market about the changing nature of, say, the workplace with people working hybrid trends. And certainly there's been a perception that you know, people are working from home and they're not coming back to the CBD. What I can say is I'm spending an enormous amount of time on the streets of the City of Sydney, as you can imagine, looking at this network come to life on the streets. And the city is absolutely bustling and there are absolutely workers that are coming in and spending many, many days a week in their offices. Now, will some people spend time at home, working from home, absolutely, 100%. And I think that's here to stay and I think we all acknowledge that. But we're still able to achieve excellent levels of audience reach um, with those changed behaviours that we're seeing. Yeah, it's it's almost in some ways goes contrary to the broader narrative, doesn't it, where everyone's now piling into home and not coming to the office and everyone wants that, but it's the, you know, the numbers are showing the opposite. So it's just an interesting um, counter-observation there. Just to be clear though, Gemma, when you talk about when I talked about 90%, back to 90% of 2019 levels, and you said audience reach. So that's the audience reach of the network in 2019 versus now, not the number of people that are in the city of Sydney. Is that right or am I getting something a bit skewed? It's the audience reach in a week. So a week is a typical right. campaign that you would run on the on the city of Sydney, say, and we're seeing, you know, from May to August period as we've been tracking the data with our own um, what we call our DSPARC mobility data, we're regularly seeing those 90% levels of audience coming back. So I guess what that's actually saying is there is a 90% audience reach opportunity for advertisers who are utilising the city of Sydney across a weekly campaign. Got it. 
Right. Um, sorry, for it's 101 here uh, for dummies, but you've now enlightened me, so thank you. Now let's go to, to what's happening with the, um, with the broader business and the new, and the new network. It, the gates are now open. You started with a, a bunch of uh, exclusive partners when you kind of first launched. Now it's opening up to the whole market. How has that opening stanza gone with those partners? Who were they? So give us some who they were and what did they do? Was there any, was anything interesting they did or what messages they were portraying? Just a little snapshot on what we've seen so far which will probably give us a bit of a, a signal on what's coming. Absolutely. So it's important to note our launch partners have been there from day one. So they started to roll out on our network from January this year and they knew they were coming on board and they would their brands would be exposed incrementally as our inventory came online through the installation program. So um, a lot of that uh, time that they've spent on the network, they have had value add through that time. We're now getting into a really exciting period where we're starting to plan with those partners, the full utilisation of the network and all its packaging, as well as welcome other brands into the mix. So some of those wonderful launch partners we've seen on the network up to date is obviously the beautiful LVMH luxury retail group, Amex, Optus, Uber, Stan, our wonderful friends at Paramount, um, Southern Cross Stereo. So some fantastic launch partners that have just made our network look fantastic. Uh, so as we open the network, it's a big milestone for us. We're super excited to see a whole host of other brands flood into the network. And it's fair to say these first, you know, months of opening the network, we're running at very high levels of occupancy. So the market demand for the product's been exceptional. Uh, it's kept our sales force incredibly busy. Uh, and we're starting to really see that ramp up into the Q4 period as well, which, as we know, is just an incredibly important period for many brands in that lead up to sort of peak retail period. So demand is holding up for the December quarter in terms of long, uh, going long, as they say, and then into next year, uh, what is it looking like? So absolutely, we've we've got um, tightening avails in, in many of the weeks in Q4 now. So we have been very proactive out there with our clients you know, working with them closely, get their campaigns locked up in the lead to Christmas. There's still opportunity there, absolutely. So there's still lots of great conversations and plannings going on with all agencies in the market and their clients. But you're right, we're also looking forward into Q1 next year because there's some fantastic events that happen in Q1. We've, we've obviously got the core seasonal events like Valentine's Day, but Mardi Gras World Pride is an enormous initiative for the City of Sydney and we've had significant demand already from the market around getting involved with our Mardi Gras um, opportunity next year. We're just sort of putting the finishing touches on our proposal to bring that to market. So, yes, absolutely, we've got good forward sight on what Q1 looks for and we've got a couple of levers in there as well that will really help us um, sort of accelerate on that Q1 result. Mark, you're Chief Customer Officer. What more broadly, there's sort of a view in the market that things might slow a little next year and not just obviously both in terms of consumer spending but also the ad market outside the City of Sydney contract, which is probably a little bit of an outlier because it's new and very fancy. What is the broader sense you're getting from your customers on, on the demand and outlook for next year? Thanks, Paul. Look, the City of Sydney itself is um, not just a premium asset in our portfolio. It's highly complementary to the existing QMS formats. So what it in fact does is improve our network balance and also the functional roles that um, that QMS can play in a customer's campaign solution. So we're, we're actually seeing 
a broader conversation. And our customer base has certainly been very positive about adding City of Sydney to the portfolio. And that's certainly coming through in the conversations we're having about next year. Now, you know, outside of the economic landscape, the fundamentals for out of home remain strong. So we're very, very confident that we'll continue to grow. And that's not just um, as, a, as a consequence of the City of Sydney being brand new revenue to us, and in some cases, new categories. It's about the halo effect of having a broader and deeper portfolio with which to play a role in customer campaigns. So you two are going to be among the happy ones next year in the in the media market. I must keep proximity to both of you. <laughs> We're we hoping so. to be, Paul. We're hoping to be. <laughs> hoping to be, yeah. So listen, um, let's go to this. There's a really interesting conversation to have around this, you know, increasing conversation from brands about how they manage full funnel marketing. Now, it's always been there. It's nothing new. But there's this notion, by the way, of building brand at the top uh, of the funnel and triggering action from an individual at the bottom. By design or serendipity, it seems the city of Sydney is covering both ends because of the data you can bring to the network. Just elaborate a little bit, Gemma, on what this looks like and how you're going to, what it looks like in terms of top of the funnel and what you do and what brands do and what they're doing at the bottom based on, you know, the proximity of the screens. Um, Give us a sense on that and your packs because there's some really interesting pack stuff, but a lot of questions there. We think so. We think so. So we think top, bottom and middle, Paul. How about that? Oh, going the middle. I left the middle out. <laughs> so, look, there's there's no doubt the top of the funnel, uh, City of Sydney, performs really strongly. If you've had the opportunity to get out there and stand in, in front of one of these panels, and we're doing lots of site tours with our clients, as you'd expect at the moment, the first thing we do is make them stand next to the panel because, you know, I really struggle to come up to halfway up those panels. So they're fantastic. And obviously being digital, the brightness of them, the scale size, the location, the context of them is is incredible. So they are absolutely playing an incredible role in brand building. And as we look at some of the categories that are big utilisers of street furniture, like the luxury retail, that's really where we're seeing beautiful opportunities to build brands across the network. So that's a big part of the City of Sydney. We also have some amazing packs that we call our activation packs. And they really are sitting and servicing those brands who are looking for brand building. So you'll see big consecutive formats throughout the network. So when we get York Street, Wynyard Park, that fantastic run of bus shelters along there and you get that beautiful um, simultaneous execution of your um, advertising, that's an incredible activation opportunity. We also have the opportunity through the network to actually buy digital panels 100% share of time. So you absolutely own that and you can tell a beautiful brand story throughout the day. So Are you saying there every rotation the brand owns then? Is that what you're saying? 100%. That's right. So that lends itself to all sorts of, of different creative applications, whether it's a a brand portfolio um, that you'd like to showcase or you want to move the message through the week uh, to sort of freshen the creative up through the week and tell a bit of a story. So there's lots of opportunity uh, through those packs. They are uh, limited in the network, so they are in high demand, but they're definitely there at that branding level. Um, Look, at the consideration level, you've hit the nail on the head then talking about our packs because we've really taken the opportunity to sort of build the offer from the ground up. So we have over 30 different packs within the City of Sydney offer that provides uh, a lot more depth of targeting for brands and this is really the way that brands can kind of tap into 
those category buyers that are more likely to be in the buyer set at any given time. So just to name a couple of different packs, we have an FMCG pack, uh, we've got a moviegoers pack for the sort of cinema and entertainment um, sector, we have a health and wellbeing pack, we've got an alcohol pack. So if you think about those packs, the alcohol pack, for instance, is both using rich data to sort of understand where you get a strong consumer of alcohol, um, responsible, of course, but also, also proximity to alcohol venues and bottle shops. So that's sort of getting your right. customer closer to the point of purchase and moving down that funnel, as you say. So lots mm. of opportunity to just sort of play at that deeper level of the funnel and then on top of that, we add programmatic. So in the city of Sydney, there's a bigger programmatic opportunity because we're we're largely digital. So that opens up um, more inventory into the programmatic pool, and therefore now brands can, you know, in conjunction with their direct bought packs, they can add a layer of programmatic to really drive closer and closer to the consumer at a point of consumption. Say so. Lots of opportunities, therefore, to go full funnel across the city of Sydney. Right. And I'm just interested just to get into those packs and the data because it's, it's interesting how out of home and, you know, the, what you talk about there, venue-based um, alignment really or location, what other data layers go into understanding that people in packaged goods or finance or movies and entertainment, what else goes into understanding where they are and why they should be um, messaged at a certain point or place? We have sort of a deep layers of data, if you like, approach, approaching um, the way we've packaged the network by utilising multiple data sources because they all do different jobs. So in the right. construction of our packaging, we've, we've used everything from the Nielsen CMV data, which gives us wonderful profiling of consumers, so lots of attitudinal and behavioural profiling. Uh, we've used our new partnership with Hemisphere, which has the visa data powering great insight, transactional validated buying behaviour of consumers so we can start to see what they've actually bought. So we layer that in as well. And then, of course, we have our proximity data. So we understand deeply um, what are the venues um, that sit within uh, the City of Sydney footprint. And for any particular pack, what we're doing first and foremost is looking at what's the combination of those data sources that we need to apply to achieve the objective right. we believe an advertiser buying that pack is trying to actually achieve. So, for instance, right. luxury retail is a really good call out. If you've spent time in the city of Sydney, you'll understand that the luxury retail precinct is incredible. It's quite concentrated in that middle of the CBD and therefore proximity to those stores um, is very easy to achieve through our network, but it's very important to that luxury sector, and that's how we've constructed that pack. Yeah, well, it's interesting, and, it's, and it is, really is doing it differently. And, and, Mark, while we're on this theme of doing it differently, you think actually the way Out of Home is planned and bought needs a bit of a makeover and, and, or change and is changing. What do you mean by that? Explain it. And hello, Mark. It's the first time we've got you know, <laughs> after Gemma. You're in, you're in behind Gemma. Always, Paul, always. Yes, but yes. Thank you. Um, so, look, the, the opportunity from the beginning for QMS um, with uh, the City of Sydney was, as Gemma's just described, to raise the bar for street furniture, but also to change the way that street furniture is planned and bought in this market. And so what I mean by that is that typically uh, street furniture has been sold as a network buy across an, an eastern seaboard or, or national footprint. And in that 
context, you might have a sprinkling of CBD or City of Sydney panels, but then you'd have surrounding LGAs or, or surrounding suburbs included in your network, and then so on and so forth in Brisbane, Melbourne, or, or wherever else you, you're seeking to buy street furniture. In our case, we're selling a jewel in the crown, standalone geography. And if you like, we're selling the very heart of the biggest and arguably the most important media market in Australia. To put that into context, 2.6 million people coming into that geography every week. Right. Um, Two thirds of them don't live in that geography. So we really are touching a huge percentage of Sydney siders each and every week. And with our tailored data-led packaging, uh, we're really providing an opportunity for advertisers to own the beating heart of our city. And that is a shift in thinking from a typical street furniture network buy. Right. And how's that going in the change that you're seeking in the market and thinking about that? Are buyers or advertisers and agencies getting it, um, accepting it and altering, or is it? are you still in the educational phase? It's a little bit of both. So we're still in, in educational phase because it is new and it is different. But one of the benefits of the launch partner uh, strategy for us has been those premium customers or clients understanding the roadmap, understanding the benefits of that geography and the capability of the network. And those launch partners tend to be sprinkled across the media network or the agency network around Australia. And that in itself has helped with that education process. The traditional out-of-home media buyer and advertiser, how they've normally done their day's work, with programmatic, does it split and change who's buying out of home? Are you getting digital buyers coming into the programmatic side of out of home or is it the out of home buyers doing both? What's happening there? Just really quickly. I don't want to bore people too much, but I'm interested, so bad luck. <laughs> the, the short answer, Paul, is a little bit of everything. Right. So depending on on the structure of the agency group involved and typically the wants, needs or understanding of the customer. So in some cases, we're seeing programmatic added as a layer of, of sophistication or enhancement to a well-planned and bought out-of-home campaign. In some cases, we're attracting new money categories or clients from other sources, typically a digital agency, for example, and that's really healthy for our for our sector. And, and new revenue, I imagine, new revenue, that is. New revenue, and, it, and to some extent, it, it speaks to that you know, earlier conversation about the role we can play in the funnel, right. and you know the uh, the evolution of of planning and buying in a in an omni-channel sense. So we really are opening up the opportunity for not just QMS but for out of home in terms of growth and where you know and the kind of clients and categories we attract and the revenue that comes with that. Okay, so listen, let's go to this other uh, quite interesting debate that's in market uh, in well in sections of the of the market that. Prefer static screens versus digital. I think 90% of the city of Sydney is digital screens. Is this great divide or maybe not a great divide? It might be a small divide. Is it problematic for the transition of, uh, of out of home and particularly your network, this network going digital? What do you guys make of, of that discussion? Uh, maybe to you, well, either of you really. So I'll jump in on that. So 70% of our screens are digital. 30% okay, of static, not 90, sorry. but 90% of the inventory is digital. So if you think the way that digital operates um, with advertisers in, in rotation, 90% of the inventory in the City of Sydney is digital. I see. And that's what underpins right. all of our packaging, all of the opportunity around programmatic. It's that digitisation that's really bringing that new opportunity uh, to market. Uh, we kept static in the, in the picture 
because as you say, Paul, there are absolutely advertisers that like static. Um, So that is absolutely there as an opportunity. Interestingly, we're seeing the demand really in digital. I think the way that we've um, brought the network to market, the way that it looks on the street, the brightness, um, the way that it stands out, the data asset and the packaging that sits around it is just making digital highly desirable from the advertising community. But Why do some advertisers like static, Gemma? I think there's a feeling still that a static panel will give you that 100% share of time. So I think that's right. just an, an instinct that, that people have. However, if you look now at the science, you know, the neuroscience that, that is proving the effectiveness of digital over static, it's showing the, the, the long-term effects and the cut-through that digital can have, the memory encoding, um, the impact. We did a recent study that showed if you evolve your creative over the week, that you get a 38% uplift in effectiveness by doing that. And obviously only digital can enable that uh, tactic. So I think gradually the market's understanding the power of digital um, because the science is there to back it up. But what we have provisioned for in our network is really a mix and match strategy, if you like. So we have what you call a static add-on pack. So you could take a digital, largely digital campaign, but you might want to throw in an element of static. So you've got a bit of best of both worlds going on. And that would be absolutely something we would encourage our advertisers to do. Gemma, when you talked about, you know, the uplift you get when you change your messaging, this is kind of, I guess, what we call dynamic creative messaging on your screen network. 100%. How many advertisers, how, how many are doing that? Or how many do you think will do it? Just how's that falling in market at the moment? I think it's growing. Like we obviously believe that we could do a lot more of it um, and we want to do a lot more of it. And I think um, when we get City of Sydney fully up and running and, and advertisers do their first campaigns and they understand the power of it and they can see that you can tell a story throughout the week and and there are lots of opportunities to do things that really hone in on the context that the City of Sydney provides, then I think we're going to see more and more of it. But I guess the the onus is on us to really educate the market and to provide those opportunities to them. So we're in constant contact with, you know, across the board, creative agencies, strategists, buyers, uh, to really educate them about the capabilities because, you know, the short answer to your question is, we think we could probably do more and we'd love to see it because yeah. we think it has the big impact. Well, this is uh, the first time that advertisers have been able to take advantage of that capability in this geography. So 26 square kilometres and 33 suburbs now with digital penetration right through where previously it's been largely static inventory uh, once you get outside the CBD. So um, it is an education process and, and an awareness process. And that, and, and as Gemma says, the onus is on us um, to be spreading that message and helping advertisers understand um, what's possible. A nice little example from one of our, our launch partners on, you know, how you can really utilise you know, the digital format that we've brought to market. So Optus, one of our wonderful launch partners, you you will have heard recently, they've uh, initiated a partnership with Ash Barty, which was fantastic. So she's come on board as their Chief Inspiration Officer, which is a fantastic title. I think I'd like that title. <laughs> yes. But you've got to be inspirational first, though, Gemma. That That's true. I'm still working on that, Paul. 
<laughs> slightly harsh, sorry. <laughs> maybe next year, maybe next year. Uh, but look, they made that announcement to market at 12.30 and they were able to very quickly on our network get their Ash Barty campaign up at, at 1pm mm, immediately following right. that. So that's just a, a lovely little example. You know, we're obviously just getting started with some interesting things, but the immediacy of digital and what the City of Sydney offers, they could get, you know, quite a lot of scale behind that message through our network very, very quickly. Yeah, it's a good point. But before, I want to get to some of the innovation quickly about what's coming in the innovation around the screen network. But before I do, I think there's some really interesting stuff that, that has gone on in building out this network uh, in terms of the, the sustainability and green credentials. Mark, just there's some really interesting um, stuff that you've done there. Example, you know, recycling water in the public toilets, green roofs. I'm, I'm doing the talking for you here. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> so look, um, designed on a principle of, of equal access, access for all, the network is built in accordance with the, the City of Sydney's Sustainable Cities 2030 vision. Right. And that it, it does include, you know, using highly recyclable materials. We've got bigger, brighter and uh, screens, but they're also energy efficient. The interesting thing here is that, that the network is also powered by 100% renewable energy mm. um, and that's you know brought to life for our team. We're very proud of it, but brought to life by the fact that it's uh, that, that energy is supplied by a wind farm out near Dubbo in central New South Wales. So it kind of makes that progress real. It's, as you say, green roofs on public toilets, technology that, are, that you know, that cuts down heat in the shelters themselves and in line with the city's desire to cool the city and increase green cover, um, we've, we've designed and built shelters in line with those principles. And what I'm really pleased and proud of is that the requirements of this contract have also helped us progress across our whole business. Right. So we're, we're really moving in a sustainable direction across our whole network and in support of the OMA's uh, Net Zero initiative. So it's something that's important to us. It's important to our team. Um, they're very proud of the progress we've made. And um, it's also something that is increasingly important, um, not just to media agencies, but to clients themselves. So it's been a lot of work in a short amount of time, but we're thrilled with um, with what we've put on the street and very, very proud. Well, when I go to Dubbo and Orange for some wine, I'll look for the QMS uh, wind farm. For sure. That's what I'm looking for. Branded and everything. It, absolutely. I believe it's 15 kilometres uh, outside of Wellington, which is out near Dubbo, yeah. central New South Wales. Righto. So when you go to Taronga Zoo, you'll be all over it. Would you like I'm to sponsor a I'm going to double check that it actually exists. MI3's windmill. That sounds appropriate, <laughs> I think. <laughs> What about the broader innovation that's coming uh, on screens? We see globally some really interesting things happening, you know, 3D pop-outs and Japan. We were talking earlier about the one in Japan with Nike, which is crazy. But that aside, what are we going to see in the next couple of years? I know you've got to get your feet on the ground, but what's coming? What can we expect for the screen network and innovation? I think you're right. We do have to get our feet on the ground. Um, so uh, just out of the gates, but clearly, you know, the, the scene is set to do lots of interesting things through the network. Uh, you're seeing the three uh, D creative overseas, but you're also seeing it here. Um, we have our three do product. Uh, we've done a number of executions now on our large format. It will come to the city of Sydney as well. So there is that opportunity to just <coughs> extend your creative in a 3D sense. And we're working now with uh, a number of advertisers that want to bring that to the street furniture format. So that's right. a really exciting innovation. And I think, you know, coupled with the scale and size, the brightness of the screens, that's going to add a real dimension to campaigns. 
We're also looking at special build opportunities through the network. If you think about the City of Sydney and all the amazing spaces that we have, uh, Pitt Street Mall, Martin Place, you know, it really does have and lend itself to doing some things beyond the panel and we'll absolutely be exploring those with advertisers. We get a Mm. lot of requests for those kind of things now. Um, We're building our framework on how we're going to do that and bring that to market and obviously doing that in conjunction with the City of Sydney as well. So So beyond the panel means events or pop-ups or something? What does it mean? Pop-ups, could be experiential, uh, could be special builds on top of a panel. So there's a lot of opportunity there. That'll all springboard off our digital panel dominance packs, which is the ones where you own it 100%. So you own the panel right. 100% and then, you know, the canvas is there to get really creative with what you activate beyond the panel there. Okay. So there's some of the things that we'll do, but one of the sort of more simple things that we're talking to a lot of advertisers about now, because we have such high levels of inventory in a confined geography the opportunity to actually execute more interactive creative strategies. So think treasure hunt at the very basic level. So the ability to send consumers from one panel to the other panel Mm. to interact both not only in the out-of-home format but back into your mobile and online environment. So linking those two together in some, some exciting kind of campaign interactions. So Expect right. to see a little bit more. That works. Of that. I can see that working. Yeah. How how far is that off? Oh, look, we'd love probably early next year. Um, we would love to be in that space where we're doing some really right. exciting things, joining up the inventory across the network and linking that back into online, more immersive experiences. So all this spells, Mark. This looks like you know, and you've said it, it looks like a bit of growth in the pipeline for out of home and specifically you know, city of Sydney. Where's it going to come from? Because you know, there's there's only a one pocket of money, one bucket of money. Uh, So where are you going to poach? Raid. First and foremost, what we're seeing is the out-of-home sectors sort of back to 2019 levels after, you know, a fairly tough time through COVID for obvious reasons. So that's really positive. Street furniture has probably lagged a little bit by the nature of where a lot of it is. Um, But the timing is really good there because uh, Sydney in particular is back to life. It's uh, people are back in the city, probably less frequently on a return to office basis, but going into the city for other reasons. So if you if you walk through the city of Sydney at the moment, it's really pumping. So the timing is really positive for the launch of this network. Apart from adding um, this revenue to our portfolio, there is also a halo effect of, of offering a deeper, broader portfolio of assets and offerings to our clients. So we, we see some some natural growth um, coming from that. But the fundamentals of out-of-home are also positive and remain so. So innovation and digitisation over the last 10 years in particular all point to um, continued growth in the sector. And, you know, as, as per the earlier conversation about roles that we can play in the funnel, the more functional roles that out-of-home can play – the more that sort of growth will be driven by client decisions. So we're really positive on the sector and this premium asset at the heart of the biggest market really does provide a launch pad for QMS to reach into categories and clients that perhaps we haven't played with, but also to provide far uh, deeper and broader campaigns for advertisers. Well, you've quite cleverly stayed out of trouble there, Mark Fairhurst, for not I pointing did. to where the money's going to come. So well done on that, except that it's coming. That is a skill. Well, let's wrap this up with a couple of final thoughts from both of you. Gemma, first, you have some closing remarks. Yeah, so I think, look, 
Here is the revival of street furniture. As Mark said, we've come out of a a challenging couple of years. Uh, City of Sydney brings a sort of a revitalised, a fresh look at this format on the streets. Get out there, I would say, and have a look at it and see what it can do for brands. We've built a new new offer to market in terms of the packaging and the data asset. And really, we're just so excited for advertisers to come on board, road test this with us, see how stretchy it can be to deliver to your brand and your objectives. And I think there's just a big optimistic future for out of home, especially in the digital space as we see advertisers flock back to this medium. Mark, I'd be surprised if you didn't share your colleagues, your learned colleagues' optimism. I certainly do. And this particular example, Paul, is really, uh, as discussed, the benchmark for what digital out-of-home can be. The advancements in, in tech and data in the sector are all brought to life in this particular um, City of Sydney product. Um, so what I would say to advertisers out there is challenge us with campaign objectives and talk to us about you know what what digital out-of-home can do for you. Good stuff. Well, Gemma Enright, Mark Fairhurst, good conversation, really interesting. I might uh, have a conversation myself about what sort of B2B business publishing pack you've got, and maybe MI3 should be doing something. So (laughs) stay tuned. Stay safe. Thanks for joining. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.